Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. Wayne Pratt here. The Gateway is a team effort. Reporters, editors, and producers combine every day to help put together this podcast. Our work extends to the St. Louis Public Radio website and our traditional on-air signals. All of that does not come cheap. Its most vital support comes from you. Make a donation now to support independent journalism online, on-air, and productions like The Gateway. stlpublicradio.org donate. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, March 17th. I'm Wayne Pratt. The city of St. Louis is reporting its first case of the disease spread by new coronavirus. A St. Louis University student has tested positive for COVID-19. Also, a third person in St. Louis County has tested positive for the disease. Those results come as Missouri officials say it will be nearly two weeks before they can start widespread testing for coronavirus. The state has confirmed eight cases of COVID-19. There are more than 100 in Illinois. That state is going ahead with today's primary, despite coronavirus concerns. The region's three largest public library systems are now closed. That includes the St. Louis Public Library, St. Louis County Library, and St. Charles City County Library. And the Missouri State High School Activities Association is canceling the remainder of the state basketball championships. More coverage in a bit. Also today... St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt explores the implications of a census question asking people if they are male or female. As we mentioned off the top, the city of St. Louis has its first case of COVID-19. It's a St. Louis University student who traveled internationally. St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports Mayor Lyda Krusen made the announcement yesterday. City officials said that the person is in their 20s and had returned from a country where there are many cases of COVID-19. But officials did not disclose which country to protect their privacy. The person was tested Saturday and has been self-isolating since. Krusen says it's not likely they exposed others to the virus. They went directly from uh, their car to get medical treatment, to be tested, and they have stayed home ever since that time. St. Louis County officials also announced a third case of COVID-19, a person older than 50 who traveled internationally. The two cases bring Missouri's total to eight. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio. These most recent positive results come as officials say it will be nearly two weeks before widespread testing can start in Missouri. Dr. Randall Williams runs the state's health department and says more test kits should be arriving soon. We hope by April 1st to shift our uh, capability to have the test to test all Missourians who have a fever over 100.4 and a cough. Results in Illinois show 105 COVID-19 cases so far. Those results follow Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's order to cancel any event involving more than 50 people. Here's reporter Brian Mackey. Pritzker's recommendation follows new guidelines from the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and they come after his order to close all bars and restaurants in Illinois effective 9 p.m. Monday night. This was a difficult decision, but it's what the medical experts and the scientists tell us that we must do 
to safeguard the health of the people of Illinois. Local schools are closed for at least two weeks, as are state parks and all video gambling machines. There are now 105 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Illinois, spread across 15 counties in different parts of the state. I'm Brian Mackey. Despite coronavirus concerns, Illinois is going ahead with today's primary election. Governor Pritzker says it will be a touchstone of normalcy in a chaotic time. Several schools in Missouri and Illinois are now closed to prevent the spread of the virus. That is expected to have a dramatic impact on the education of young and low-income children. Many districts are moving to Internet-based teaching. University City Superintendent Sharonica Hardin-Bartley is concerned about children having the ability to access online lessons. We are working to have a plan to provide devices for grades 3 through 5. Um, We're also working to provide hotspots to families who may have a need. Schools are sending children in second grade or younger home with paper lesson packets. Districts are working on plans to distribute meals to students. Some are partnering with area food banks or their cafeteria and transportation departments. In other news, some Illinois lawmakers want privacy protections for data from smart appliances and virtual home assistants. State Representative Ann Williams, a Democrat, says the information collected by the devices deserves the same protection as everything else in a home. The legislation would require police to obtain a warrant before they could get information from devices like Alexa or Siri. It would also require companies that share with third parties the information from those devices to disclose it on their websites. One of the questions on the 2020 census has not received much attention. It affects a community that wants to be counted. Here's St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt. It's the sixth question on the census, and it asks, what is this person's sex? On the form, there are two boxes below it, one for male and one for female. The issue isn't with what the question asks, but with how people can respond. The way that it's worded on the census, it does not include who I am. No. Elaine Bruni is a retired school teacher in St. Louis. They say they would list gender non-binary or gender non-conforming on the census if those options were available. Bruni says they won't leave the question empty when they respond to the survey, but they're frustrated by the current choices. I lose my identity. You know, it's the same with my driver's license or my passport. You have to indicate male or female, and that's just not who I am. Bruni, who's in their 60s, is also the board chair of the Metro Trans Umbrella Group, which supports trans and gender nonconforming St. Louisans. Bruni says this question doesn't just miss them individually, it ignores all people who are transgender, non-binary, or anything other than male or female. I mean, I know the, the folks that we reach through Metro Trans Umbrella Group, but there is probably a significant number of other people that, you know, are just out there that we don't know. Mm-hmm. So we're flying blind. Absolutely. For the next 10 years. Yes. 10 years because that's when the next census happens. 
Some researchers are trying to determine how many trans people live in the United States. Danya Lagos is one of them, and says at least half a percent of all Americans identify as transgender or gender nonconforming. That's about two million people. We have never asked this before in large-scale population surveys. So we don't have a ton of information on whether this is a huge change. Lagos is a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Texas at Austin, who studies the trans population of the United States. Specifically, she compares the health outcomes of different gender identities to the general public. Groups like gender nonconforming Americans have worse overall health than the general population. She says when researchers find pockets of the country where health is generally worse, they need to know exactly who is being impacted so they can eventually find solutions. Providing health care in general that meets the needs and identities of people can save lives. And so that's why it's important to have accurate counts and estimates. And right now, those counts don't really exist. Heath Fogg Davis is the director of Temple University's Gender, Sexuality, and Women's Studies program. If you don't have sort of like the data to say this is how many people in our society fit into this particular gender identity, then there's no way to make the point that we need to do something about it. And collecting this data impacts more than just health policy. Everything from housing, discrimination, poverty rates, unemployment, educational access at all different levels. If you're not counted, you don't count. Remember that two million person figure you heard earlier? That comes from one study in 2016 from the Williams Institute at UCLA. Lagos says more surveys are starting to ask gender-based questions, but none that can match the quality and detail of census data. Another thing that is important to understand is that the census is mandatory. There's a fine that you have to pay if you don't uh, do the census. As for Bruni, this issue goes way beyond just a single question on the census. They think about the resources their community won't see in the next decade. Any opportunities that non-binary folks need to have, they are for the next 10 years going to be stuck within that male or female sex. And that's just not right. And personally, it's about society understanding their gender. Every single day I get misgendered. I get called sir. Then when I open my mouth and start to talk, I get called ma'am. I don't need to spend five minutes talking with the clerk at Target about what non-binary is. Bruni says more choices for gender on the census would go a long way in normalizing their own identity. I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Holly Edgel edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.